0: Hi, you entrepreneurs. Uh, today we have Noah Saint John. He is a, a coach with kind of a hyper focus on going over systems. Uh, in this podcast, you're gonna hear how, for a while there, he didn't even know what his purpose is. Purpose was uh, in life. He was um, contemplated how he was gonna actually kill himself, and he he worked his way from giving value and thinking about what value he could offer to other people. To really push through and build a business, he's written over 15 books, number one bestsellers. Um, friends with with Gary V, and yeah, it's a it's a pretty pretty riveting story to kind of hear where he came from and how all success has has came together. Please listen, please subscribe, and of course, uh, tell your friends. Welcome to the road to growth, success of an entrepreneur. We've raised the bar. Learn firsthand from successful business owners and create your own path to success. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's time to hit the road to growth with team lead of the Enriquez Group, Realtor Vinny. All right, so we are here with Noah St. John. I <clears throat> Noah, I had to, to read this quote from from Gary V where he says about you. I've known Noah for a long time and he consistently brings value to his audience.
1: Yep. He's
0: a good friend. I've I've known. I was actually at his
1: very first public talk, believe it or not, way well over a decade ago, and we've been friends ever since. I actually hosted him when he was doing his book tour here in uh, the Cleveland area, and got to spend two days with him. And um, he's basically a cyborg, I discovered. So yeah, I don't think he's human. He's a, he's a cyborg. So, but, <laughs> but he's a he's a he's an amazing guy.
0: Hopefully, you won't hold this against me. So I actually I only heard about him beginning of last year mm-hmm. actually I, I was talking about doing the podcast talking about with some other people and they're like have you heard of like gary v i was like who gary yeah. v and so then i started listening to this stuff and i was like oh my gosh i'm hooked on this guy yes so
1: yeah well he's 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 very brilliant uh you know he's been a dear friend for many years and you know a great supporter of my work so uh yeah i mean um to, and by the way he doesn't give testimonials to anybody so for for me to have that testimonial from gary v is uh is quite an honor
0: so you mean now, you've been in the business, I believe, because yeah. when did he get in the business? He got in the business more recently, right? When he started doing motivational stuff only recently, correct?
1: Yeah, relatively recently. I've, I've been, I started my company in uh, 1997 in my college dorm room yeah. with uh, $800 to my name and a book on how to do HTML. So I've been doing this for uh, over two decades now. In fact, one of my clients uh, pointed out that I have actually been doing this in four different decades, the 90s, the aughts, the 10s, and now in the 20s. So uh, they're just uh, and, you know, in that time, Vinny, we've helped our coaching clients add over two point seven billion dollars in sales, meaning we've helped our coaching clients add, uh, you know, six figures, multiple six, seven and yes, even eight figures. So we've helped people in real estate and uh, help the health profession uh, in network marketing, you know, entrepreneurs, business owners, working moms, celebrities, athletes, teenagers. We help people overcome PTSD. So
0: it's uh, it's really been an incredible journey over these last um, you know two decades plus. How has the, the coaching business mm-hmm. changed that time? Because you've written 15 books, correct? Yep. And so I have to think that now it's probably a lot easier to put a book out than when you first started. Well, everything is easier and harder
1: and harder and easier. Okay. <laughs> and so here's what I mean by that. Uh, when I started in 1997, anybody, anybody listening to this program, you remember being online in 1997 around that? <laughs> I remember that. And so, I mean, it was uh, you couldn't have any, uh, you know, pictures on your website. I mean, maybe two by three pixels big. I mean, and video, forget it. There was no video back then. Of course, there was no social media, no blogs, no, uh, you know, no YouTube, Facebook and all the stuff we have today. So, I mean, it was basically just me and Al Gore back then. So uh, it, it was it was harder in the sense that just the technology wasn't there, but it was easier because there was hardly anybody there. You know, it was like, you know, kind of a ghost town, in a way, which was good. I mean, people would Google "fear of success," and I would come up number one. You know, so people would just find me just typing that in. Uh, unfortunately, those days are gone. You know, because a, a, a billion people uh, have there are a billion blogs right now today. You know, so it's just it's just a lot harder to get seen above and through the noise. We, as I often teach my clients, and you know, when I do speaking events, you know, I'm doing uh, speaking events for. Uh, chiropractors or health professionals or real estate or network marketers, you know, I often say we don't live in the information age. We live in the information overload age. You know, we are all on overload and and there's just too many blogs. There's too much information. So, you know, one of the things that we do with our clients very specifically is help them cut through the clutter literally to, you know, to stop just get rid of that information overload. And frankly, that's one of the reasons, you know, you mentioned I've written and published 15 books now. That's one of the things that I teach people is, you know, a lot of people come to me and say, how you know, I want to write a book. How, how have you written 15 books? And that's one of the ways that I teach people is to be able to focus, to just get rid of the distractions, which is a huge thing nowadays.
0: So have you had to reinvent yourself or dive deeper into who you were originally and be more hyper-focused or how has that transition been for you? Well, you know, uh, back in 1997, I had
1: two epiphanies that changed my life that have really led to what all the work that I've been doing over these last two decades. And that is, you know, the first thing I discovered was how to change your brain using empowering questions, which I call my affirmations method. I've written several books on that Call my affirmations and you can go to afformations.com and learn more about that. And then the second thing that I discovered was what I call the power habits of unconsciously successful people. What highly successful people do unconsciously that they can't teach you. So highly successful people are doing a lot of things unconsciously, um, which means that they're not even aware they're doing it. And if you're not aware you're doing something, how can you teach it? The answer is you can't. And that's one of the reasons why people come to my events or they hire me as a coach after they've gone to all the gurus. And they're still stuck because it's like, well, I spent all this money and they told me all this stuff and I'm still stuck. And I said, yeah, it's because they left out all the good stuff. It's kind of like they gave you the pizza and they left off the cheese and the toppings. Is it really a pizza? Mm, Sort of, but not really. So anyway, I give I give you the whole pizza, which is kind of nice. So that's one of the reasons we get so many results for our clients. But so you asked about reinvention. And yes, I mean, one of the things that I've done uh, just very recently over the last few years is now I also, in addition to helping people with their, what I call, get rid of your head trash, meaning how to stop stopping yourself in success, I also teach you how to do the digital marketing piece. For many years, I I didn't do that, even though I've been doing digital marketing for over 20 years. Uh, But I didn't teach it because the guru, and this is so funny, I listen to them too. I listen to the guru say, well, you can only do one thing. You can't teach digital marketing and habits. And I go, oh, okay. And meanwhile, and finally I said, what the hell am I listening to these idiots for? Why why am I paying attention to these morons when I can do this in my sleep? And so that's when I started teaching the digital marketing piece. And now people get very excited because I'm really, I'm such a nerd. I'm just the nerdiest nerd in the industry. And that means that I just get down to the molecular level. I create checklists because I wish somebody would have given me a checklist a long time ago. They never did. So I create these checklists that people can follow. And that's one of the reasons we help people make a lot of money.
0: So walk me through. Where you? Where do you come from? Where were you born? Who are yeah,
1: you? absolutely. Well, so I I grew I grew up poor in a rich neighborhood. I know that's a total cliche, but I grew up in this little town called Kennebunkport, Maine, which just happens to be one of the wealthiest communities in New England. But my family was dirt poor, and I mean that literally, because we lived at the bottom of a dirt road in a drafty, unfinished house that my parents ended up losing to foreclosure. So from a very young age, I was painfully exposed to the gap, the chasm between the haves and the have-nots, the haves was everyone else in the community, the have-nots was my family, so, you know, you hear speakers get on stage all the time and say, well, we were were poor, but we were happy, we didn't even know we were poor, well, in my family, we freaking knew we were poor, because my mother reminded us every day that we were poor and miserable, so no, I wasn't happy, it sucked, you know, so I hated that life of poverty and fear and lack and not enoughness, because right down the street, I saw that there was great wealth and abundance. But I didn't know how to bridge that gap. So I just being a nerd, I did the only thing a nerd would do, which is I went to the library and I read lots of books. Stephen Covey, Napoleon Hill, you know, Dale Carnegie, all the classics of self-help. I really, really tried to apply them. And, you know, I I wrote really, really hard, but I could never just seem to get ahead. I never seemed to get that success that I was looking for. So, you know, at the age of 25 uh, and I do share the story in my books, um, you know, I decided to commit suicide. I decided to take my own life because I was so depressed and I didn't see a way out. Now, at the very last moment, my life was spared and I didn't know why, but I decided to devote the rest of my life to serving God and serving humanity as best I could while I was still here on the earth. The only problem was I still didn't know why I was here on the earth. So I went on another long journey, a spiritual journey, reading lots of you know spiritual books, more of an inner journey. And that's you know led ultimately to, in 1997, starting my company, starting successclinic.com, which ultimately became one of the first you know, original personal and business growth websites on the internet. So really that whole process was, uh, and what I do today and, you know, what I'm still doing all these years later, it really was born from, you know, that growing up in poverty, not being happy, (laughs)
0: being very
1: unhappy about having that poverty and and seeing that there was another way to live.
0: Okay. So two questions. Do you know if your parents had a conscious effort to put you, your family in basically a a well-to-do area even though they couldn't really afford that community? My father got a job as a manager,
1: a stage manager, uh, and really a manager for, uh, artistic director, that's the word. He was the artistic director for a theater company in Kennebunkport, Maine. My, you know, I was actually born in New Jersey, and then we moved to, Massachusetts. And then we moved to Maine. So for some reason, they kept getting colder. And I said, why didn't we go south where it's warm? You know, why do you have to keep getting colder? You know, I never liked the cold. I'm like, ah, I hate it here. You know, so but that's that's why we grew up there. He just you know had this opportunity. It was a great opportunity for him. And, uh, you know, for our family, it, it, it sort of didn't quite work out. But I mean, you know, and you know, when you're a dad, you got to do these things. You got to you got to follow the money. So, uh, you know, he was just really trying to take care of take care of the family ultimately that was his uh, what he
0: was trying to do do you think there's any lessons learned there of like him taking a chance and, and kind of rolling the dice oh he's always done that my dad's always been a risk taker you got to say that
1: for the old man and you know we've had these discussions many many times i mean I, I share his stories in in my books and you know we have a very close relationship now we talk about all these things but i mean you know he grew up in a very different environment of course than than i did and you know my kids and so on Uh, because, you know, he only had the tools available at the time, just like anybody does. So, you know, that's one of the things that we, that I help people with is realizing that really, when you're looking at transformation, looking at transforming your life or your business, it really takes three steps. It takes the right plan, it takes the right tools, and it takes the right support. When you have the right plan, the right tools, and the right support, I think you can really do pretty much anything you want. And see, my dad didn't have those things. He had a, he didn't really have a plan for his life. He didn't, really have any good tools. And he certainly didn't have the support. And that's one of the reasons. I mean, I would say that that is the reason he never really had the success that he could have had, um, you know, and that I've been fortunate to have. uh, But it's taken me a long, long time, much longer than I would have liked to put those things together.
0: So if you could look at your 25-year-old self, you know, when you're in that deep depression, thinking about committing suicide, do you remember that precise moment where you said, I'm not going to do this?
1: Oh, absolutely. I remember very clearly. And, you know, um, because I had been very depressed for so many years, really my whole life, I I would say pretty much, uh, uh, when I decided to take my own life, um, I was very, it was very, um, I was very crystal about that. It was very crystalline moment. And I was like, I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm done. And just so everybody listening to this program understands, this was before the internet, this was in the early nineties. So as, um, you know, a person that had had a lot of different experiences, tried a lot of different things. I call them survival jobs. I tried all these different survival jobs. Um, I literally didn't see a way out. Now with the opportunity that is provided by this wonderful tool called the internet, um, I don't think I probably would have had that. I I don't think I would have gotten to that point of, of just not seeing a way out. But at that time I really didn't. And I'm like, why am I here? I don't see any reason for me to live. Um, And then when I didn't take that final step, It and again, I I do share that story in my books, but I mean, it was it was a moment where okay, I'm not going to take my own life, but I still don't know why I'm here, and so I have to find out. I literally have to find out. That's why I went back to the library. I just started reading books because I'm like, okay. I get that I'm not going to take my life, but I still don't know what I'm doing here. So that really was a very, very deep uh, and profound journey for me. So when people come to me, like I was literally just before this interview, I was on the uh, phone doing a coaching call with a client who um, is suffering from PTSD. Now, you know, he's he's a veteran, um, you know, served in the wars and so forth. And, you know, I, I did not serve in the war. My dad did. He served in Korea. So, you know, I. I can certainly relate to those types of 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 traumas, you know, in that sense, realizing that it's very emotional. It's hard to let go of. And that's, you know, of course, why we do need, as I just stated a moment ago, we need the right plan, you know, to get through those types of things where you need the right tools so that we can do it. And we definitely need the right support to help us get through those types of things.
0: And and not not to to keep diving on it, because I've had a couple people in the past that have been on here and, and they were thinking about taking their own lives. One used music, you know, he used people with music to kind of come past that. He started crying and started realizing another one was on the verge of killing himself. And he he took everything that was positive was him and everything negative was outside world. And he had that epiphany that basically the negative is also him, too. I -hmm. mean, for you, was there any kind of like big why of saying that I have more to do on this world? You know, I have basically parents that they were trying for me. Or is that there's there's something there? It was just it was just like, you know what? I'm not going to do this. I don't
1: know. It was, I was at that time, I was going to asphyxiate myself by pulling my car into a garage. Yeah, and yeah. I didn't have a garage. <laughs> so yeah. I was living in an apartment with uh, just open auto bays. So, okay. you know, it was literally impossible to asphyxiate yourself. Now, I didn't have a gun, thank goodness. Um, and so I literally just had read somewhere that you can pull your car into a garage and asphyxiate yourself. I literally got in my car drove around I was living in uh, North Hollywood California and just drove around looking for an open garage to pull into and and shut the door and end my life well sure enough I actually found an open garage believe it or not and the reason that I didn't do it was yeah. in the corner of the garage as I was pulling my car in to end my life I saw in the corner of the garage a child's bicycle And I knew it was a child's bicycle because, you know, it had the white handlebars, you know, the little things on them, like when you were a kid. And I remember having a a bicycle like that. And I, in my mind, I pictured a family living there, coming home, finding my dead body there, a little kid seeing it and it traumatizing that family, probably for the rest of their lives, a total stranger. Imagine coming home to a stranger, killing themselves in your garage. So as I pictured that, I just saw the vision in my mind. And of course, I'll never know who it was. I don't know who it was. I can never know because, you know, I'm just a stranger's house. And I said, I cannot do this. It is not fair to whoever this is that I, you know, take my own life in a stranger's garage and it traumatizes his family for life. So that's when I stopped. And I said, okay, this had to have happened for some reason. I don't know why, but okay, God, I got the message. I'm not going to do it. And that's when I, pulled away and decided to, to say, okay, what am I doing here?
0: I, I don't know if I'm reading too much into it. It sounds like you were thinking about other people trying to be better for them. And even in your practice now, you think of other people in essence, right? So it's like, there seems like there's a, yep, that's pretty much how I've always been. <laughs> so, um,
1: you know, in this industry, sadly, right now, what we have today is a lot of what I call, you know, um, what's a way, to, nice way to say this, lying sociopaths. And so, what <laughs> That's happens? A nice way. What's, the, what's the bad way? Yeah. see, I'm not done. Uh, but uh, my point is that, you know, you get a lot of really great self promoters who say, hey, look at all my cool stuff. Look at me. Look how cool I am. And look at all my, uh, you know, look at all my cars, look at all my jewelry and all this great stuff. And I'm like, you know, listen, I get it. We all want nice things. We want to provide for our families. We want to go on fun vacation. We want all that. But the point that I see is, or the problem that I see is, have they helped anyone else? Have they actually made a difference for anyone else? Have they, helped anyone else to get their goals. Because if it's all about you, then what is that? Then you have a personality instead of a system. So being the nerdiest nerd in the industry, I develop systems. That's why people come to me, they hire me as a coach or they come to my live events after they spent tens of thousands of dollars on everyone else and they're still stuck. Like, you know, I tell the story of speaking at an event in Los Angeles for a, about a thousand entrepreneurs, business owners, a man came up to me and he said, Noah, I'm totally stuck. I'm only making $4 million a year, but I want to hire you as a coach. And I said, well, what do you mean stuck at $4 million a year? That doesn't even make any sense. He says, well, Noah, uh, my company grew to $4 million in revenues really fast, but we've been stuck for the last four years at the same level of revenues. 4000000 million, we've been plateaued and I've hired everybody. He says, I've hired every guru. He named all the names and I've spent tens of thousands of dollars and we're still stuck. And he said, as, her, as, as soon as I heard you speak about inner game and outer game and get your foot off the brake and head trash and everything you just said, I knew you were the coach I'd been looking for. He hired me on the spot. I worked with him for about a year, 18 months. And that year, his company went from being stuck at four million for the previous four years to over 20 million in sales, a literally a six times increase in one year. And the reason that I was able to do that is because of the system, because it's not about me. It's not about my personality. It's about checklists. It's about systems, it's all that non-sexy stuff that nobody wants to do. But if you don't do it, you don't get the results. So that's just one quick example of, of you know, really what makes
0: I think what makes you know my programs different because of how I look at it. With that person right there, did he have to take any kind of step backwards or reinvent basically his current systems to jump from the four to the?
1: Yes. So one of the things that I teach is about the the, the I call it the hidden connection between habits and, and success in any human endeavor. There's always two components, the inner game and the outer game. Inner game is everything that happens between your ears that you can't see directly, but it affects everything you do. Like, you know, when I'm speaking for a convention or at a, you know a live event, I'll often ask my audiences, what is one area of your life where your beliefs don't affect you? And, of course, people go, uh, and I go, right, exactly. There's no place your beliefs don't affect you, right? They affect your health, your finances, your business, your career, your social life, your family life, your intimacy, everything. But you can't see a belief. You can only see the effects of it. That's your inner game. But then you have the outer game, which is everything you can see directly, your habits, your systems, the strategies, the blocking and tackling, the digital marketing like I was talking about earlier, you know, your lead magnets, sales funnels, all the stuff that, that the marketing dudes talk about. But it's only when you combine the two, only when you master the inner game and the outer game that you have the phenomenon called success. So that's what we worked with with that client. And with all of our clients, we work with inner game and outer game. Because the thing is that, you know, again, using that client as an example, he'd spent tens of thousands of dollars on just the marketing stuff, but no one had shown him how to stop stopping himself from success, how to literally get out of his own way. That's the system that I've been teaching for over two decades. And that's One of the main reasons that we help our clients add, you know, six, seven and eight figures to their business while working less because we show instead of having, you know, driving harder, press
0: on the gas harder. Well, why don't we just get your foot off the brake? And that's precisely what my system does. What do you think have been some of the biggest hurdles that you had to overcome to to build your business that you currently have? Well, when I started my company in my college, room in 1997,
1: I had eight hundred dollars in a book on how to do HTML. I had no experience in business marketing, sales, accounting, bookkeeping. Basically, I had no business running a business, but I just had one thing going for me, only one thing really, which was a deep burning desire to help people and make a difference. And that has been the thing that has been the constant over the, these last two decades. Um, I, I just really want to help people. I want to make a difference. And I know that's, you know, sounds funny. It sounds corny. It sounds cliche, but you know I'm, I'm i bet you that most of the people listening to this program feel the same way I have a deep burning desire to help people make a difference make an impact and you know what i've worked with and you know interviewed 100 well over 150 you know millionaires multimillionaires and what's so funny is only a very very small minority are really driven by money as their primary driver the primary driver for most successful people that i've talked to anyway is really that, making a difference, making an impact. Of course, we all want to make money. Nothing wrong with making a lot of money. But if you put the money first, you're gonna have some challenges that are sometimes some hot water. If you put the impact first, if you put making a difference first, then, you know, usually we see long term success as long as you have the other things in place too the inner game and outer game like I was just talking about. So really, I had nothing going for me (laughs) except that, except just a deep burning desire to help people. And, you know, that's been the guiding force for me. I've made a heck of a lot of mistakes. I paid the gurus over a quarter million dollars only to find out they can't teach their way out of a paper bag. And so uh, it's it's really taken a lot longer than I would have liked. And, you know, of course, we always want to help more people. Um, but you know, you just uh, you keep laying those bricks and uh, keep going down the yellow brick road, and you know uh, things uh, things tend to work out.
0: So, talking about that, you you spent over a quarter million dollars for these different gurus, right there. Was there ever a moment? Because I mean, I, I know it's probably over twenty year time frame, so it's not as bad yet. Was there ever a moment where you're spending money, losing money, and you're like, I want to give up this business. I want to change careers.
1: Oh, yeah. The first 10 years, I hardly made any money. I mean, it was just, I had no idea what the heck I was doing. I basically had one book. I, my first book was called Permission to Succeed. It was published by the Chicken Soup for the Soul People. And um, I I really didn't know anything still about selling uh, programs online. And it wasn't until 2007, literally, i have been in business for 10 years until um, I actually hired my first real business coach. You know, Prior to then, I've been just trying to piecemeal it together, kind of Frankenstein it, uh, you know, and it was pretty ugly. (laughs) So, you know, I really, I hired my first business coach and, um, you know, he really just taught me how to make money from, at that time it was teleseminars. Now, of course we have webinars, Um, but really that was the first time and uh, that somebody really, you know, showed me how to do it, who was almost as nerdy as me, which was nice. Uh, And so, yeah, but it's definitely taken me a lot, longer than I would have liked. And, and I certainly wish that I would have been able to help more people and reach more people, um, you know. But right now, uh, according to Google Analytics, my my programs are sold in over 150 countries around the world, which is uh, which is pretty awesome because, um, you know, there's no way there's no other way that I could have reached them other than to do what I'm doing.
0: Do you remember in 2007 after you hired your coach when you knew that you made the right decision? Was there a moment?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because I made
0: uh, I made twelve thousand
1: dollars from my very first teleseminar with a list of fewer than five hundred people. So that was that was when I knew that I could make money at this thing. And uh, again, for everybody you know listening to this program, having been in the business ten years and really having not much success, uh, mostly a lot of frustration. Uh, I, I I would just encourage you to keep going. You know, if you if you've been doing this for a while, whatever it is that you're doing, and maybe haven't seen the success that you want, just make sure you find a good coach, find a good mentor, somebody who has, you know, a checklist, somebody who has not just a bunch of airy-fairy motivational stuff. You know, we don't do, like at my live events, uh, we have a live event called Freedom Lifestyle Experience. We don't do any jumping around. We don't do any of the, that stuff, you know, the, uh, rah-rah. One of my uh, clients called it, uh, there's, you know, we don't do calisthenics. And I'm like, no, no calisthenics. Let's just get right to work. Because I just wish someone would have given me that a long time ago it would have saved me a lot of heartache and, and money.
0: <laughs> what do you think if, if you could talk to basically someone in your position, that person that was maybe um what was it? It was uh when you're in the garage, when you're driving around looking for the garage, right? Mm-hmm. When someone in that, when they think everything's going wrong, just depression mm-hmm. right there, what kind of advice would you give a person like that today?
1: Very simple that there is help available. There is hope. There is help. You're not alone. And uh, that's why we have, I have a sign behind me, you probably can't read it right now, but it's just, I have a sign behind me that says you're not alone. Because, um, you know, for, for most of uh, my life and for much of my career, I felt alone. I felt like I was doing this all alone and it's, and it's hard. I mean, being an entrepreneur, owning your own business is, is can be a hard, lonely road. Um, but I would just say it doesn't have to be that way. And whether you own a business or not, I mean, you know, it, it, life can be hard and lonely sometimes. And so, you know, there's help available. Um, Somebody's probably figured it out. You know, what you're trying to do, somebody's probably figured it out. Now, whether they can teach you or not is another story. But, um, you know, that's what we really endeavor to do is help people, you know, really get have in place the right plan, help them and show them the right tools, give them that support that they need, you know, so that you don't have to feel alone, because um, I think that's what makes life really hard is is feeling like you're alone. And that's why, you know, I I definitely want to encourage people to to get the help there that it is available.
0: So what's next for for Noah? Let's say we're talking in the next, you know, five years from now. We're talking about (laughs) 10 books. Are we looking? Yeah. Yes.
1: I actually am. I'm looking at my next three books coming out probably (laughs) this year. Um, I I basically write a book by falling out of bed pretty much. So uh, (laughs) but uh, I just I love books. You know, I grew up in the library. I'm a nerd. I love books. So that's why I publish so many. I really enjoy them. Um, I, I I am going to be doing also more corporate consulting. Uh, so going into corporations. Um, you know, uh, I've helped people make, you know, millions and millions of dollars in, in real estate, in the health profession, and network marketing. So, you know, doing more uh keynote presentations um around the world. I've already, you know, spoken in about a half a dozen countries, so looking to do more international uh presentations and speeches as well, and um, really just uh, hoping to Spread the word about uh, power habits, you know, and uh, helping people get rid of their head trash. So just uh, just keeping going down the yellow brick road.
0: So if someone's listening right now and they're trying to get rid of their head trash, right, or they're in a rut, they're trying to get out of that rut. What's the best way for them to to pick your brain, get your coaching, find your books? What's the best avenues for those?
1: Very, very simple. Um, Just go to freeheadtrashbook.com. So freeheadtrashbook.com. You can actually, because you're listening to this program right now, you can get this book. It's called Get Rid of Your Head Trash About Money, How to Avoid the Three Big Money Mistakes Even Smart People Make. And I know everybody listening to this program is very smart, but you may be making one or more of these mistakes uh, unconsciously. So, freeheadtrashbook.com. Very easy to remember. Also, our main site is noahst.john.com. And you can, um, you know, see different videos and things like that. There's a there's a page there called Book Noah. You can book me to speak at your event. And uh, noahcoaching.com. com is where you can get some coaching from me uh, or one of my power habits coaches. So, basically, noahst.john.com. That's our main hub of, of everything that we have, as well as freeheadtrashbook.com.
0: Thank thank you, Noah, for being on the podcast. Thank you for all the great insight you offer. Any last word you want to, to say to anyone listening right now?
1: Yes, absolutely. I just want to share five words that really made a big difference in my life many years ago. And that is give yourself permission to succeed, because when you give yourself permission to succeed, you also give other people permission to succeed as well in their lives. And together, that's how we can change the world and raise the consciousness of the earth at a time that it really, really needs it.
0: Thank you again, Noah, for being on the podcast. Hopefully all you listeners got some great information, great tidbits right there. doesn't matter if you've been in the business for five years, 10 years, 20 years. If you plateaued, you might need a coach.